welcome to the Just Three Things podcast. I'm your host, Charlotte Hall, speech therapist and founder of Speech Therapy with Charlotte. This podcast is for parents who are waiting for speech therapy for their child. I am on a mission to help parents use this time productively and guide them on a journey where they transform from feeling worried, frustrated and overwhelmed to feeling supported, positive and empowered. Whether you're waiting for your first appointment or a follow-up one, this podcast is for you. In each episode, I'll take a question from a parent or carer and guide them on next steps, giving just three things to focus on next to help reduce that overwhelm. While my podcast focuses on helping children who are aged under seven, you might find some of the information useful for older children too. Now, let's get started. general advice given in this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for additional professional advice given as part of individualized and tailored speech and language therapy care. Some names in this podcast have been changed at my listeners request to respect their family's privacy. And welcome to episode five of the Just Three Things podcast. Thank you for listening. And thank you to everyone who's been in touch to say that they've listened and to tell me what of the advice that they've tried and implemented. I would love to hear from you. If you have been listening, please do get in touch. As you know, these episodes are designed to be short and sweet so that it's not too much for parents. Um, So with that in mind, I'm going to crack on with today's question. So I had a message from Matthew, who is a dad to a little girl, and she has speech and language differences. And his child's nursery have recommended using visuals with her. And his question was that he didn't really know what this meant and where where could he get started? So firstly, to Matthew and to anyone else who this might be relevant to, just a reminder that the advice I'm giving here isn't in place of a specialised assessment. So if Matthew, your daughter, already has a speech and language therapist working with her, um, then it's probably best to to approach the therapist directly because they might have an idea of what might be the best thing. But if you are waiting and you don't have a speech therapist to ask, then I'm going to give you a few pointers today of where you can get started. So as I said before, kind of which visuals you might use might really be dependent on both where your child is at in terms of the communication pyramid, um, but also where they're at in terms of something called symbolic understanding. So when we're talking about visuals, visual supports, visual aids, I think those terms are often used interchangeably. And they literally mean anything that we can see that's going to help. So I feel like visual supports are useful for everyone. They're useful for children, they're useful for adults, but particularly for children with speech and language needs. So if you haven't listened to episode one, the communication pyramid, do press pause and go back and listen to that one because that will help you understand what I'm about to say next. But in terms of visual supports, they really help children at all levels of that pyramid. So they're helping children engage more readily in social interaction because they feel safe and calm. Um, They help children with their attention and engagement. They help, of course, children understand what's being said. They also help with expressive communication because if we as adults are modelling the use of visual strategies, 
then we're showing our children that all forms of communication are valid. So we're modeling that we might do other things in addition to talking, and that will help them too. And then in terms of clear and smooth speech, if children are used to using um, visuals alongside their speech, then it's likely to decrease stress and increase um, intelligibility. So our ability to understand what they've said. And visuals come in all different shapes and sizes. So the common sorts of visual supports that we're talking about might be um, using real objects alongside our speech. It might include showing um, or using pictures of some sort. So that could be photographs, downloaded pictures, or even hand-drawn line drawings. There's loads of examples of that on my Instagram account if you want to go and check out some hand-drawn visuals. And also things like gestures and signs as well. So where do we get started? As I said, if you have a speech therapist, do liaise with them because as I mentioned before, different children have different levels of symbolic understanding, which means that some children will find something more easy to understand than something else. So for example, objects tend to be bit more easy for some children to understand because they're not very abstract. Um, whereas something like a line drawing might be a bit more abstract or even like a sign or gesture might be a bit more abstract. So um, yeah, if you have a specialist involved, just get their opinion. But if you don't, then I'm gonna give you a few things that you can try just to see how they work for you and your child. Remember that none of this is dangerous or detrimental. This is all helpful stuff that might just be the thing that really helps you and your child. So give these things a go. So the first thing I'm going to recommend is that you start off showing real objects whilst you're talking. And an easy way just to get started with this is to start off by offering your child a choice between two objects. So it might be nice if you can start with something that's motivating for them. So if they're motivated, for example, by food, having a snack, you could hold up an apple and an orange and ask them, do you want an apple and an orange? So here you're probably focusing their attention because when we show our child th um, children things, they're more likely to look at us and pay attention. You are also supporting their understanding of those vocabulary, those words in the vocabulary. So helping them understand that when you're saying apple and you're holding up an apple, you're very likely talking about an apple. But you're also modeling for them another way of communicating. So you communicated to them by showing objects. Perhaps that's something that they could start to do to you to make their communication more functional. If you're constantly showing them things and you're talking about them, they might learn that they could maybe bring something to show you as part of a way of communicating. With this one, if you are holding up the two objects, just remember that at this stage, we're not necessarily saying that they are going to repeat you back. We're talking about using visuals here. We're not talking about um, their spoken language at this time. So I would say if you offer them a choice between two things that you're showing them and they are looking at or reaching towards one of these things, then you're going to kind of applaud that, show them that all communication is valid by handing that object over to them. So when the goal here is just to be modeling use of visuals. The goal isn't for them to be saying the word or asking you for this thing using spoken language. So that's just a really practical thing that you could start doing tomorrow. And it doesn't have to be with food. So, for example, if you 
have a child who loves songs. Somebody else got in touch recently and said that their child loves singing. Um, and you could maybe get little objects that represent some of their favorite songs. So a little toy bus perhaps for um, the wheels on the bus or maybe like a little um, plush toy star that represents Twinkle Twinkle or maybe a little bobbin for wind the bobbin up, whatever are their favorite songs. And again, you can ask them what song they want and hold up the two objects um, representing the two songs that you're talking about. So that's the first thing that you can try in terms of using visuals at home. So that's offering a choice between two objects, two objects that they can see and manipulate. The second thing that you can attempt if you are supporting them to kind of use visuals at home is to use some sort of visual timetable, also known as a visual schedule or a visual routine. Um, and this is literally where you draw out what is going to happen. So it could be your whole day, or it could be just part of your day, for example, like the bedtime routine. And I would recommend, yeah, just so that it's kind of low preparation, low faff, particularly because at this stage, we don't know which of these things are gonna work for you and your family just getting a whiteboard and pen or a piece of paper and a pen and just drawing out what's going to happen. So I do this all the time with my kids and it's helpful for me and it's helpful for them. And the reason why it's helpful is because um, it's more concrete than just telling them what's going to happen. It gives them something to refer back to. It also just kind of calms the situation when you're drawing things out and explaining to them in a really calm way what will happen. And it kind of also helps you as an adult to stick to what you said would happen. And if you don't stick to what you said, then that's okay, but you kind of need to revisit and explain to your child that you've changed what you anticipated would happen. Because often it's those small, unpredicted changes to routines that actually can have a huge impact on our child's ability to kind of stay calm, balanced and regulated. So, again like the the second thing is really just having a go at drawing out some sort of schedule or visual routine for your child so you might want to start off with the bedtime routine that's quite a simple straightforward one or you could do a morning routine before they are getting ready for school or their childcare. or if you want to explain to them what's going to happen at the weekend you could draw that out um with all of these things obviously i don't want you just to try it once and then not bother again with any of these things that you try, and it would be great if you could try them all, um, you need to, to be consistent with it because the first time you do this, it's going to be new to you and your child and it's possibly not going to go smoothly and it's just going to feel a bit um, strange perhaps to you both. So just stick with it. If you're going to start drawing out your bedtime routine, try and commit to doing it every day for a couple of weeks just to see what impact that's going to have. And sometimes the impacts are unpredictable. You know, I started doing this with my kids because I wanted them to be calm at bedtime. And then, you know, now my kids will go and get pen and paper and they'll <laughs> draw out little routines for me when they want to tell me that they they want something to happen in a particular way. So it's it's interesting to see where these things can evolve to. So we've got one one sort of visual you could use using objects, maybe offering a choice between different objects and two something that's a bit more pictorial, drawing out part of your routine or your routine and doing that every day. And then the third thing that I would recommend having a go with is learning some Makaton signs. So Makaton is a signing system 
you can go and check it out, makaton.org, um, M-A-K-A-T-O-N. Uh, and it is where, <laughs> excuse me, you use particular signs to um, emphasize keywords. So you use it alongside speech and yeah, you're just signing the keywords, but a signing system is different from gesture use because everyone who knows that signing system is using the same signs, which just really helps with consistency and repetition, which we know is key for language learning. And again, once again, if you're using Macton, it can really help support all aspects of that communication pyramid because you can be focusing children's attention. Often when we use signing as well as grown-ups, we tend to use really lovely um, kind of language facilitation strategies. So we tend to get face-to-face -face with our kids when we're talking to them, which is a really great thing that we can do. We tend to slow down a little bit, think about what we're saying, repeat the same words more over and over. And all of these things are really great for language learning. So we're supporting their understanding, their development of um, vocabulary and also for those children who have unclear speech if they are able to access and use some Makaton signs alongside their talking it increases their chance chances of making themselves understood so again it's really great for everyone really inclusive as well so what words would you start with now I'm a huge fan of teaching what we call functional vocabulary so thinking really about what words are going to be most impactful for a child so you might want to start off with their favorite things their favorite people those sorts of things might be useful but I'm going to give you five words that I think would be really helpful for every child to learn um, and what I will do is I will do a post on my Instagram this week um, which links, I'll model the signs for you so that you don't have to go and look them all up. <laughs> so um, the, the five words that I think that you could learn are help, it's a really important word, <laughs> more, a child asking for more of something can be really helpful, yes and no, I think they're really important words for the long term because children need to learn about consenting and not consenting to things and also pain so like to say that, that something hurts I think that's a really important one so you know to say that you've got a tummy ache or you've got a pain somewhere else in your body so they're the five signs I'm going to post uh, share to my Instagram this week help more no yes pain you might choose something different for your child that's okay um so some challenges I think for this week so more than ever I want to hear if you if you do any of this it would be really nice to hear so one you can start offering choices between two objects two draw out your routine or part of your routine and use it every day and three learn and use a few Makaton signs so Matthew I hope that gives you something to get started with of course sometimes these things open up more questions so if you do have more questions off the back of what I've said please do get in touch again and the same goes for anyone else who's listening who has some questions thanks again for joining me and I will see you or you will hear me again next time if you found this episode helpful please share it with somebody else who might benefit Head over to my website, speechtherapywithcharlotte.com to subscribe to my mailing list so that you are kept up to date with everything I have to offer. Thanks for listening. <laughs>